Man, what'd y'all, what'd y'all quiet down so quick for, man? You must know everybody, right? You're just ready to learn the word, amen? Okay, we got four people that love Jesus, awesome. Let's pray. Father, we come into this place and we already know that you are here. We just ask you to continue to be here. Let us just be able to feel your presence. Let us just be able to learn a little bit more about you. Let us void out all distractions in this world. Let us be able to void out homework that we're not doing, tests that we're not studying for, relationships that we don't have. And let us focus on the one true relationships that matters not only now, but for eternity. Lord, be with us, encourage us, and strengthen us. For your name. Amen. If you would, we're actually um, going to jump in today. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Galatians 2.20. Uh, I would encourage you to actually bring your Bible to crossover. There's something powerful about, you know, 900 plus students walking across campus with the Word of God in their hand. Amen. I think that would be awesome. So I'm, I encourage you to bring your Bible, take notes in your Bible, underline it, and learn it. But today we're going to be in Galatians 2.20, and it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I wouldn't label myself a golfer. I like to play golf. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm bad enough. I can go play with bad players, and I, I, just won't, I just won't whip them too bad, unless it's Will Bost, okay, if you know him. But I also don't think that I'm, you know, I'm also good enough that I can go play with good golfers and, you know, actually be able to hang with them a little bit. But one of the things that I really love to do as a golfer is actually try out new golf courses. I love it. I love to go try new golf courses. I had a friend that was coming into town from St. Louis, and uh, I was really excited to have like a two or three day golf, you know, session with him. We're battling it out for man points. And um, I was going to take him to a couple places, and this one particular day, I was really excited to take him to this golf course. And we showed up, and the, the cart boys come out, and they put our, our bags on the carts. They actually grab our, like, our, our, our golf shoes and, like, buff them out and clean out the cleats. And, you know, me, I pulled out a couple bucks, two Washingtons for them because I'm balling on a budget. I mean, come on. Anybody with me, right? So we go up, and we, we go to the, check, the check-in line, and I pull up, and I was like, I'd like... Two green fees and a cart, please. He says, well, what's your member ID number? And I was like, um, I got a couple dollars, right? <laughs> He's like, well, if you don't have a member ID number, you're not a member here. It's members only. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I got the other $4 I had in my pocket. So how much wiggle room do we have here about this whole membership? He's like, we cannot. I was like, seriously, what's it going to take? I was trying to, I was like, what, is it going to take $200 to play here? What's it going to take? And he would not let me in because he says, you do not have the required ID. And I was like, so, I mean, I was as Christianly mad as I possibly could. You know what I'm saying? I was like, 
gosh darn it, like we can't get in here. I was mad, I was upset, and I was a little embarrassed with my buddy. We walked out, and I got to the cart boys, I got my $2 back because I'm balling on a budget, and we went to another golf course. Well, three weeks later, I actually had a former uh, crossy. I don't, we're going to try to work on that. I don't know if I like it. Um, he actually invited me out to the, a private golf course, and he says, why don't you come out and play with me? I was like, all right, I'll go play with you. We go out there, same thing, cart boys comes. But then my buddy actually handed me a member ID, and we go up to the front of the line. He's like, you have your member ID? I was like, yes, sure I do. Handed it in, and it was like the gates of heaven opened up. He's like, "Would you like a pregame massage, like before you go? Would you like a like a beverage? Would you like some breakfast?" I mean, we didn't even get to playing golf until like an hour later. Like it was, I mean, it was great. It was awesome, but it all was required to have the ID. You know, students, what I feel that most of us want. And many of us plead and we want uh, uh, for God, for God's protection. We want from God's healing. We want from God's guidance. We want so many things from God and we're trying to obtain these things, students. But what requires is the right identification. So many of us in here, we have the wrong identity. When I was, I asked a variety of students this summer, um, what are some things you think I should talk about this semester? I think I asked about eight people, and actually all eight of them, no lie, they all said, you need to talk about identity to the, to the college student. And so I thought it fit really well in with being bold in our identity as a college student. That'll work perfect. I think it's going to work well for us. Today, I want to walk through this scripture, Galatians 2.20 is where I really want to focus on today. And I want us to be able to look at how he lays it out. I want us to approach it. He, God actually gave me a simplistic view for this, but I think it has a lot of meat in its material. And I, I want us to kind of walk through these through la three lanes. I want us to see that identity starts with a need. Then it goes to identity brings death. But then lastly, identity brings life. So when I was looking at this verse, I really wrote it in about three, I started writing it in three different ways and nothing seemed to, to just fit because there was a certain point that God just kept on wanting me to talk about and I just couldn't figure out exactly what he wanted me to say. And I, I, I just knew that identity starts with a need. And this is the point that God wanted me to see is that when you're looking here in this scripture, is that Paul actually writes out eight personal pronouns. Anybody remember what a personal pronoun is? All right. Some of you are like, I, I hated English, right? Amen. Eight personal pronouns of I, 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 and me, me, me. Paul emphasized something. Paul was showing us something is that your identity is an individual decision. He wanted us to look at, he wanted us to know that your identity is between you and it's between Jesus. It doesn't talk about plural forms like it did last week. He wanted us to see that there's not a third party to mention. The apostle Paul wanted us to know that, that his own spiritual awareness, his own spiritual death, and his own spiritual life 
was between him and Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. And I couldn't shake it when I was writing this because I knew that God wanted me to say something about being the individual. I remember one time I was working at a church and um, we had spontaneous baptism. Anybody with me? All right. Spontaneous baptism. Come as you are and come get baptized. These people were like pulling their cell phones out of their suits and they were getting baptized, just full church clothes. And I thought it was awesome. I was actually excited about it. I was in such a holy role and I was so on top of the, of the food chain at this church that I was the towel hander outer, all right? That's how, that's how great this job was. And so I was actually excited. There was over 50 people that came and got baptized and I was like, man, this is great. So they're baptizing three at a time and I was the, the holy towel hander outer, right? And these people would get baptized and they'd come to me and I was like, oh, congratulations, congratulations, go to the end of the hall, go to the end of the hall. But this is what rocked my face off. About three times or four times, about the fourth couple that came through, they actually said, does this mean that I am saved now? And I started noticing these groups started coming in and they're like, does this mean I'm saved now? Does this mean that I have eternity in heaven? Does this mean I have a relationship with Jesus? And it rocked me because I was like, man, we're, we're kind of flipping these things around. You know, baptism is supposed to be an outward expression of what God had already done internally. It was supposed to be something that is the remembrance of Jesus and how we, how we are buried in our death, but we're raised to walk in the newness of life. And I started realizing that they were not understanding, that they, they, did, that they weren't having a relationship with Jesus, I was heartbroken. Students, I wanna tell you something. I wanna kinda of lean in quick in this sermon today. As the devil doesn't want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. He doesn't want you to hear this because he doesn't want you to have the identity that God created you to have. There has to, there has to, there has to come a time in your life as an individual where it's just you and Jesus. I don't know if it's, if it's in a dorm room. I don't know if it's in a walk to class. I don't know if it's here tonight. It's gotta be a point where individually, you and Jesus, you have a conversation with one another and you see how broken, how lost, how shameful, how sinful you are before the loving God, Father who is reaching reaching out his hand and saying, I wanna have a relationship with you. I wanna bring you into my kingdom. I wanna make you the child that I wanna just love forever. There has to come a time where you individually have to make that response to Jesus in order to have a relationship. Identity starts when your need of Jesus becomes greater than your need for anything else. I think that's when identity change happens, when you know that you are nothing without Jesus. That's why it's so personal. That's why Paul is trying to bring this individual approach. He talks about it eight different times because it's between you and Jesus. It ain't you and your mama, ain't you and your daddy. It's between you and Jesus. Students, if you have never come to that point of realization, 
I, I would love for you to hear that. I'd love you, for you to see what you are not and what Jesus is. Some of us here, we need to know that we do not have the right identity yet, but you have an eternal Father that wants you to have that identity. I just want to be real with you students, and I want you to know that I'm coming out of love. I'm coming out of respect. I want you to have that relationship with Jesus, but I want you to know something very clearly. I, I, have, I have talks with college students every single week of every single month in the year, and I'm telling you, you cannot be mistakenly saved, amen? You cannot become saved by accident, amen? It can only happen, many pastors will, will say, won't say what I'm about to say, but you only know that you are saved when you see how much of a sinner you are and how much of a need you need in Jesus. Now there are some ways that we can be fooled by this. I'm gonna give you a couple ways that some of us can be fooled by this. One of the ways I think that we can fool ourselves into thinking this is we shelter ourselves around a society. And what I mean by that is that we put ourselves in proximity of other believers. Maybe it's in school, maybe it's in your friendships, maybe it's when you go to church, maybe it's here at Crossover. And in our proximity around other people, we have allowed ourselves to feel that we are doing something right. It's such a small contribution to doing this service, to hanging out with these friends. And what has happened is that we put this cloak of holy effort around us and we think that we are saved. We're not only deceiving other people, but we're actually deceiving ourselves. And the only effort that you have felt called to do is just to be around the people that are saved, to be in the right places at the right time. Now, I don't think that many of us do this on purpose. I think actually for most of us, we really don't know that we actually don't have that relationship. But I want to ask you a question, students. If we took your church away, if we took your friendships away, if we took, took school away, man, heck, if we went and planted you in the middle of Africa for three years, could you look down at the bareness of your soul and say, do I have a relationship with Jesus where I walk with him, where I talk with him, where I get to know him more, where I love him, where he encourages me, where he lifts me up, where he cares for me? I think we can hide in the proximity around people, but you know what I hear more than anything? You know, I was raised in a Christian home I'm a Christian because my family's Christian. They took me to church, right? We prayed at dinner. Some of us needed to pray for dinner because our mama couldn't cook, amen, all right? I can eat just about anything, I promise you. But I've been doing ministry long enough, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, talked to that say, you know what, I feel like I'm safe because I was raised in a Christian home. A famous pastor once said, can a rat be a horse just because he lived in the stable? Students, only you and Jesus can decide if he is the king of your life. You know why I love college ministry so much? 
I could have been a youth pastor all day long right out of seminary, but I can't stand youth, amen, all right? But you wanna know why I became a college minister? It's because the real you starts coming out in college. The way that you talk, the way that you walk, the way that you do life, the way that you, you go to classes or not, the way that you study or not, right? The way that you go to church or not, the way that you study your Bible or not, because your mama ain't telling you to do these things, your daddy ain't telling you to go to bed at a decent time, it's the real you. I call it the shake and bake years because you get to see who you really are, but you also get to see who you really are not. You get to see whether you have a real relationship with Jesus or not. The real you is shown. If you reflected back just this past month, freshman, would you be able to say, man, you know what? I've had all this freedom in my own life, but has my life been reflective of Jesus Christ? Have I tried to grow in him? Have I tried to be like him? Have I tried to build that relationship with him? Let's skip a couple years. Sophomores, juniors, seniors, can you look back at the past couple years of your life? And can you say, you know what? I'm out of my parents' house and I'm my own person now. Can I say that I have tried to build that relationship with Jesus? Can I say that I, I've tried to walk with him, I've tried to learn his word, I've tried, I've tried to feel and love him more and more every day with my life? Students, only you can decide if Jesus is the king of your life or not. It ain't your family's choices, it's your choice. Now let me tell you about my uncle Chad. I was about seven, eight years old. My uncle was probably about 20, about your age. And we went out and he got a new hay baler this year and uh, he was really proud of it. Yeah, he's a cowboy, all right? And um, so we were, I was, I'm a farm boy, let me tell you, not really. I'm like a city slash farm boy. Um, I look like a farm boy, but I act like a city boy. Just kidding. Um, but this particular day, we were, we were baling hay, and something went wrong with the hay baler. And we got out of the tractor, and the way that this is connected to the tractor is actually, uh, it's, it's a pipe that's called the PTO uh, drive shaft, essentially. And that thing is connected to the tractor and the tractor's engine power actually controls that. So that thing's going like a thousand miles a minute. And he had to go back, he turned it on, was checking something and I'm a seven-year-old kid and I was like, man, that thing's shiny, right? That thing is real shiny. I wonder what it would feel like underneath my foot. No lie. I was, I was up here like this, hands in pockets. I was literally, I was an inch away and I was leaning in. By the grace of God, my uncle ran in horror and grabbed the back of my neck and he threw me. He threw me. And he yelled at me with tears in his eyes, not out of anger, but out of fright. And he said, that thing could rip you in half. And he's just yelling at me and I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, what's supposed to happen here? And he's just yelling at me. He's like, gosh, that would have been the worst thing ever. He had an old shirt in the tractor. And all he did is let me show you what would have happened to you. 
And all he did was he just kind of popped it at that PTO and he popped it and that thing just sucked it up and just, and it, I mean, it, it rocked me. I mean, it, it made me fearful. I mean, I was just like, and from that day on, I think about that time often because I think about how my uncle Chad, he saved my life. He took me from that, and I, could, I didn't even know what was going to happen, but he saved my life. And from that, he could have, you know, I could have been in severe physical pain. It could even have been death, but my uncle saved me, and I love him for that, and I respect him for that. And if he needs me, I will be there for him because of what he did for me. But let me tell you about something else, is that I have a Jesus, I have a God that saved me from eternal death, from eternal damnation, from eternal things that I could not even fathom, and he he ripped me out of that and he looks at me and he says, you are a child from me and I want to love you forever. And let me tell you what that does for me, students. It makes me fall flat on my face, makes me see how holy he is and how broken I am and how much I need him because it means something because individually I respond to how great he is and how little I am. It's individually I see what God has saved me from and in response I know that I need them. That's what Paul is trying to say here, is individually we have to need Jesus. There has to be a need before there's an identity. Secondly, it says here, identity put to death. I'm crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives. You know, sadly, the hardest part about, I think, being a Christian is what? Being a Christian, amen? And I think this very point right now, putting to death, putting parts of our life to death, putting ourselves to death, is the very thing that I've seen for the, the reason that I've seen many people that won't give their life to Jesus is because they are so focused on what they need to quit doing. There's this part of their life that they have to quit doing. They have to be this perfect person and they're so focused on what they have to quit doing that they don't really see what Jesus is trying to say here. And what I've also seen for a lot of us who have actually seen the, the need of Jesus and we want Jesus We've actually stunted a lot of our growth in Jesus because of this very thing. We're still having trouble putting things to death. Can I just ask you to look at it a different way? And this is how I'm gonna ask you to look at it. I wanna talk about weeds and grass, okay? Track with me here. Anybody interested in weeds and grass? Well, you're about to be, all right? Last couple months, I have been dealing with these pesky weeds. I don't even know what they're called. I hate them, okay? There's these pesky weeds. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to my yard. I want it to look good. But when you got these nasty weeds sticking up, I'm like, it just, it hurts my soul, okay? Like, I've paid a guy astronomical amounts of money to come spray my yard. Uh, he can't get him to die. I mean, he has sprayed everything on them, can't do it. And finally, I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this myself, right? And I'm just about to go get the roundup, all right? Let's just, let's just kill them suckers, all right? And I called my buddy, 
and I, he's a landscaper, and I was like, man, hey, listen, I really need to kill these weeds because they're killing my life right now. Like, I, I've, I've tried to do everything. We sprayed everything, and I was like, what about just some Roundup? He goes, whoa, 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 don't do Roundup, and he sends me a picture of his backyard because he just did that like three weeks before. He killed his whole backyard. <laughs> like, his wife is like, got so mad at him. He's like, don't do that. It'll help your marriage, okay? Just trust me like, yes, sir. Okay. Happy wife, happy life, guys. All right. Remember that. Where's my amen for my wife? I mean, come on now. He says, you know what? Instead of trying to pull them or try to spray them with something, he goes, let's try something different. It's like, okay. He goes, around each weed, what I want you to do is I actually want you to scrape up a little bit of the dirt around the grass in its area, and I actually want you to put new topsoil down, but in that topsoil, I want you to put fertilizer, and I want you to work it really in with your hands, and I want you to make sure it's really good, the soil is really good, and then this is what I want you to do. I want you to water the heck out of it. Like, all right. Go out there, and about, I have like 40 weeds, and I'm out there working all this topsoil, looking crazy, I know I am. And I'm putting all this topsoil, I'm putting all this fertilizer in. I, I water the heck out of it. And what I started noticing is that my grass started getting really green and really strong and really full. And it started getting fuller and fuller and greener and greener. And it started going around that weed and it actually got so strong, it actually started smothering the weed and it actually killed the weed to where my yard now looks perfect. It looks great. It doesn't have those weeds anymore. It started dying because of the grass cover. Now students, the problem of why I couldn't kill the weed at first is because I was only focusing on killing that weed. I was neglecting growing the grass and my yard suffered. Maybe, just maybe, since Jesus cares more about progress than perfection, why don't we start focusing on the things in our life that we know that we want to grow and maintain and maybe focus a little, li little bit less on what we need to get rid of? When you know that Christ came and died for you and you know that he wants to have a relationship with you, maybe instead of thinking about all the things that you need to quit, you need to start focusing on the things that you want to grow. Maybe some of us need to pour water on, man, you know what, I want to learn just how to pray better. And what, what, you don't have to quit anything to pray to Jesus. You just got to start praying to Jesus. Jesus, you know, I'm having a lot of stress and anxiety right now. I need you to be the Savior of all, and I need you to pour into my life, Lord. I need you to grow me, give me strength and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Lord, I just want to learn how to talk with you. And you start learning your rhythm with Jesus. You start just giving it a little Water. Maybe some of us need to lay down some, some topsoil on some Bible studies and we want to learn how to study God's word. And we start reading the Bible and start learning about God. It's hard to know the will of God if you don't know the word of God, right? And I want you to start looking at growing in the word of God. Maybe some of us, we need to just be bold enough and say, you know, I want to start going to a Bible study. 
We got a church booth in the back that actually has a list of Bible studies from college ministries from churches across, the, across Norman. I want to just learn how to learn to love people like Christ loved people. I want to get plugged into a small group. I want to learn how to have the right friendships. And I want to just put a little fertilizer on that. Maybe some of us, we need to really just douse our water, douse our life with water of discipleship. Maybe some of us need to stand up and say, you know what, I need to go find someone to disciple me. I'd beg you to go to your pastors of your church and say, I need you to find someone to walk with me the next six weeks because I want to learn how this thing of Christian life and growing with Jesus works. We need to start focusing on the things that we need to grow and maybe focus just a little less on the things that we need to kill. Maybe, just maybe, that's why Paul kind of contradicted himself when he says, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Because he knew in order for something to be taken away, there needed to be something that could fill the void of your life. See, when something dies, something needs to grow. I think that we need to start focusing more on the things that God wants us to grow in. And when we start growing and nurturing and growing and nurturing, the thicker and thicker the grass gets and it starts smothering the weeds in our life. And I'm telling you, where there is death, there's gonna be life. See, God here says next, in your identity, it doesn't only bring death, but then it's gonna bring Life, the thicker the grass gets in your life, the thicker you start focusing on the things that you can grow in. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it's going to surround that weed in your life, that very thing that you think you can't get rid of. And God is going to say, you know what? You've grown beyond that. And you can actually start dying to some of those things that you thought you couldn't die to. And when Jesus comes into the picture, he starts filling those voids and he starts seeing that living in Jesus is way more fulfilling than dying in this world. And your identity changes even more. When you focus your life in Christ, the things of this world just don't seem as appealing anymore. Now, fellas, can I speak at you for a little bit? Fellas, are you out there? Can I speak at you a little bit? All right, it's four to one odds in here. You're welcome, okay? If you can't get a girlfriend, take a shower, all right? <laughs> Fellas, let me tell you what has happened in my life and a lot of my friends' lives when our identity started to change, when things started to die off, and when, when life started to happen, we started to realize that we didn't have to be so macho anymore. Because I started realizing in my own life when I started walking with Christ and started living in Christ that I didn't have to be this tough guy, this someone that you can't hurt me anymore because I started realizing that people connected more with my humility than in my strength. And I started seeing people's needs and people's wants and God started showing me how to love people like I've never loved them before. I've always been so afraid of people hurting me. I always put a wall up around me. But when I started walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus and him growing in me, I started seeing the people's need of Jesus. 
And I started being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I realized that I really love to help someone and put my arm around them and say, you know what, I know that you don't know this yet, but Jesus loves you and I wanna show you what he has done for me. And I started walking with people and talking with people and learning how to have my rhythm with Jesus on this side, but learning how to let Jesus work in me in this side of my life. And I'm, I'm telling you, it became so addictive that I started walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus and I didn't have to be so, so confident in my own strengths, and I started being confident in his strength. Fellas, when you can let Jesus live inside of you and, and be able to show that to others, it's so, so addictive. Now, ladies, is there any ladies out there? I can't say you're welcome, all right? There's all four to one odds, I'm sorry, all right? Why don't y'all bring some guys in here? All right, let's do it. I don't know. I'm, we're going to leave that there, all right? <laughs> Ladies, maybe, just maybe, if you let Jesus come into your life and you start letting some things die and you start walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus, Maybe you'll start acting a little differently, thinking a little more positive, be able to change some things in your life. Maybe you'll start dressing a little differently. Maybe you'll start speaking a little differently because you start finding value in your relationship with Jesus than getting attention from a guy. See, the more that you grow with Jesus, the more that you will find strength and honor in being a child of the King rather than trying to fill it with some other thing in this world that you will only find lacking. You will never feel satisfied. You will never feel full because you're trying to fill a God-sized hole that only Jesus can fill. See, maybe, just maybe, if you can walk with Jesus and learn how to talk with Jesus, all these things and all these problems will start fading away because Jesus can feel the very thing that you're trying to fill. See, I love it when, when girls really start walking with Jesus because I can tell when they care about showing their inner beauty than their outer beauty. And let me just tell you something, ladies, to a strong Christian man, they care about what's on the inside more than they care about what's on the outside. And like I've said last week, nothing is sexier than a, than a Christian. I'm telling you, when a girl loves Jesus and talks like Jesus and walks like Jesus and dresses like Jesus and be able to love like Jesus, I'm telling you, there's something that is so attractive about that that you could never satisfy with wearing something that you shouldn't be wearing because us holy guys that love Jesus want to see our girls love Jesus. Amen? I got some guys that say amen. What? You can never find anything that will satisfy you the way that Jesus will satisfy you. Students, your identity change is complete when people look at your life and they see Jesus. Some of us have never experienced identity change in our life because we have never seen the need 
that we individually needed as broken vessels before the Lord Savior our life. And I'm begging you tonight to be able to make that experience happen and know that Jesus has a reaching, loving hand saying, come to me, child, because I will give you rest. I will give you peace beyond all understanding. And I beg you, I beg you, I beg you to come down to the front here. We're gonna have some prayer team down here. We're also gonna have some prayer team posted up, up top there in the balcony. I beg you to say, you know what? I know I don't know everything, but I wanna have Jesus and I see the need of it now and I wanna have it. I beg you, that's the biggest decision of your life is making sure you have a relationship with him. Maybe some of us in here, we have had that relationship happen, but we've been making excuses. We've been, we've been, been lazy in some of the things in our life, and today we need to make a standpoint that we need to walk as children of God because I'm telling you this right now, this campus is lost, amen? And we don't need people just kind of moseying around. We need some firefighters out there that's gonna shine bright for Jesus, and we're gonna give this campus everything that we got. We wanna walk away here three, four, five years from now. Amen. All right, someone's going to be here a little longer. Hey, I'm happy about it. All right, I'm happy about that. But we need some people slaying it for Jesus around here. A thousand's not enough. We got, we got 29,000 more to go. It's going to take all of us. Some of us need to let the to water the grass in our life and feel things that we know that we can grow. We need to start going to Bible studies. We need to learn how to pray. We need to learn how to walk with Jesus. And I beg, I beg, find somebody today. If you walk, if you walk away here without finding a friend, then, then it's on you. You can have as many friends as you want, but Lord, I promise that you can make some friends today if you can just do this. Last thing here I wanna leave you with is only your identity in Jesus will you ever find serenity in this life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we thank you that we have a free opportunity to have, a, uh, have an everlasting life. And Lord, let us just bow down our life and give it to you. Today, maybe some of us haven't done it and simply I just beg for them to say, you know what, I'm a sinner in this world, Lord. And I'm in need of a great savior like you. And I wanna do that today. And I'm gonna beg them to come down here and pray with our prayer team and let them just be saturated with your love that they can just give you their life, that they can start walking in a new identity and they will be able to experience a love like they never have before. Others of us in here, we know that we have an identity in Jesus, but we've never grown our identity in Jesus. Let us be able to see the things in this life that we do maybe need to step away from, but we also need to start growing in this life. Lord, give us the strength to also step out and to come pray with this prayer team, just a prayer that they can just give you strength, that Jesus can pour into you, that Jesus can start giving you a, a better and stronger identity in him. And for the end goal of our life is for people to be able to look at us and to see you. So Lord, I ask you, with all these students, I ask you to bless them in innumerable ways. I ask you to provide for them. I ask you to heal them. And Lord, I ask for us to be able uh, to be reflective lights of your grace and mercy on this campus and let us show them the love of Jesus. Lord, be with us. Give us strength. Let us worship these last couple songs and give it all to you. For it's in your name. Amen.